Um, what I'd like to do is just start by taking three deep breaths so that you can really settle into this moment. Maybe close your eyes and make those breaths slow and deep so that you can just be present and all here during this time. And I just encourage you to take a moment to just open your heart to God, to the guidance of the Spirit, to give you the personal insight that you need so that you know as you listen to this call, like what's a fit for you and what's not a fit. And I just trust that you're really tuned into the guidance and wisdom that has been given to you for your own body and your life. Okay. So I love this topic about intuitive eating and I am excited to share with you what my definition of intuitive eating is and we're going to talk about how intuitive eating can help you go beyond dieting into a new relationship with food and with your body and I'm going to share the top three blockages to eating intuitively. These are really important and these are the ones that we're going to tap on today. So top three blockages to eating intuitively, how to clear them. You'll get that exercise. We'll go through it. I'll answer any questions that you have. And then I want to share the top five secrets to intuitive eating. So um, those are, these are things that I've just learned over the years. And um, the reason that I, I love this topic is because I just truly, deeply know and sense, um, it, at least this is my opinion, that, that God has given each of us the wisdom and insight that we need. And it's inside of us, but because of um, the way that our minds have been programmed and our bodies have been programmed, through toxic foods and substances, and there's lots of societal and cultural norms, it, it really gums up the system, so to speak. It, it makes it difficult for us to be able to eat intuitively. There's, um, there's too many intermixed messages going on. And uh, so I love, to, I love to unpack this, and I think it's a very, very important thing to unpack. So my definition of intuitive eating is learning to trust your intuition around food and your body, you know, how to work with your body, by shifting your focus from an external norm, like something or someone that's out there telling you what you should be doing, to an internal authority, an intuition already inside you. And so just, just like I mentioned a second ago, I really believe that, that God has given each person that intuition. And... Um, don't get hung up on you know any terminology. Just know that you you probably had that sense of of gut intuition. Like I I know I'm supposed to to go this direction or I'm supposed to head this direction in my life. I don't know why, but that's a sense that I'm getting. It's like a gut in, intuition or instinct. Um, you may have had it for your kids or you know when you were trying to decide whether or not to get married. You had just a knowing in in you. And that's that gut instinct and intuition. And I believe that that is not only for big decisions, it's, uh, it's a guidance that's available to us at all times. And um, it's even for the tiniest things, which, you know, things like when do I eat and how much and how often and uh, what types of foods and things like that. So um, there are some really big uh, blockages, though, and that's why I wanted to do this call um, when we talk about intuitive eating. Because often when I share with people about the idea of listening to your body, uh, they'll say something like, you know, when I listen to my body, it wants ice cream and cookies and it wants to eat all the time, or I don't have enough self-discipline to eat intuitively, or something like intuitive eating is hard because I'm such an emotional eater. And that is why I want to unpack this and answer as many questions as I can and hope, hopefully alleviate those fears because many, many people have big fears around trusting their body and its signals. And so it's really important to clear a path for you and to um, really help you understand that if you have that anxiety or that fear around listening to your body and trusting it, um, likely it's because you need a little bit more support in finding that inner compass, and you also need some support in helping you clear the blockages to eating intuitively. 
All right, so if you just joined the call, welcome. Um, the way the live call works is I'll do a little bit of teaching and then we'll do some EFT tapping. And at any point, if you have a question or you um, have something you want to share, you can press star two to raise your hand. And there's also a chat box, so you can just type it in, especially if you're on the web call, you'll see that chat box right there. So that's another really good option. And I believe you can be on the call and on the chat uh, or on the web call as well. Um, I've never tried that, but I believe it's possible in case you wanted to listen and also be able to chat. Okay, so um, how intuitive eating can help you go beyond dieting and into a new relationship with food and your body. Um, the first thing to know is that intuitive eating is your most natural state. So that is, this is actually your, uh, it's actually a default mode inside your system. It's the way you were born. It is, um, we are naturally intuitive eaters, all of us. But the reason that we uh, don't eat intuitively or um, aren't as attuned to it, um, or that many people aren't, is that we're programmed away from it. And uh, you, as I, as I share this, you may be thinking about ways that um, your you know, authority figures or parents or, or even just your situation in life programmed you away from listening to your body. So a few examples of the messages we get as children are, um, you know, like you can't leave the table until you clean your plate. You know, there's, there are starving children in Africa and uh, they don't have food. And so to show your gratitude, you need to make sure that you, you finish all your food, whether you're hungry or not. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter, right? And uh, there's lots of cultural messages around food needing to be the centerpiece of every celebration. And so we're programmed to see food as love and as connection. And that can be so woven in to our connection and our relationship and our love with people because food is such a centerpiece. And it's so braided into our um, our ability to have celebration and, and have fun and have excitement and have connection. And and in a way, you know, there, there isn't anything wrong with that. It's just that um, there can be an unhealthy uh, relationship with food, as we, we talked about last week, we talked about healing your relationship with food and how we can, we, we, we sometimes uh, experience other people's love through the food. And so it's not a clean connection. It's like, you know, my grandmother maybe didn't know how to express her her love for me and so she would you know feed me and so i learned oh the way to show to show love or to share love is through food and um and also you know if like back to the the message around um you can't leave the table until you you know clean your plate um you know it, it it's very confusing for a child because I remember thinking when I was a child because that was one of our rules, um, you know. Bless my parents' heart, they were doing the best they could. Um, but uh, you know, the the message that you get is is very confusing because you know it doesn't help the starving children in Africa if you clean your plate, right? It only makes you feel gross and yucky and and gives you the message that. You shouldn't listen to your body, right? But it's very confusing to our psyche to be like, wow, I'm supposed to feel, you know, yucky here. And it, how is it really helping these starving children in Africa, right? So these are very, um, these are very confusing messages. And it's important to just look at them clearly. Um, we're not, we don't need to, to be resentful towards our authority figures. We just need to understand that they were programmed too, right? They, they had programs that they, uh, you know, struggled with. And so they passed those on unless they had worked through them. And so when we work through them, we don't pass them on. We are able to to love clearly and have a strong connection without the food being kind of in the middle of it in an unhealthy way. All right. So um, that's one way that, you know, intuitive eating can really help you go go beyond dieting because um, you're learning how to have a new relationship with yourself. And, um, and intuitive eating really is a practice of returning to yourself, letting go of those societal and cultural norms and really rewiring the old patterns that you absorbed from early ages so that you can listen to your body and you can trust it. So um, 
intuitive eating is not like, it's not an exact science like maybe a diet would be. You know, you you might have done a few diets where there's a lot of science behind it or there's a lot of anecdotal or empirical evidence that certain ways of, you know, do, doing eating certain foods at certain times and certain types of foods is, um, is going to really, you know, make a difference for you. Um, and, uh, and sometimes there's a time, you know, there's a time for that. But at, at a certain point, what your body is wanting is for you to listen to it and to learn to trust it. And it's part of developing this relationship. So intuitive eating isn't an exact science. It's really more like a relationship. And um, it's because you're, you're challenged to face um, a, a relationship. You challenge to face yourself in a new way. And and you you can't be hide behind that that diet or um, you know you can't hide behind anything else or you know fear or control. You're learning to develop a relationship with your body like you would with a spouse or a child or a really really good friend. And what I found in in um, in unpacking this whole intuitive eating thing you know within myself is one of the most challenging things to face is ourselves right it's so much easier sometimes to just follow a diet and sometimes it feels so much easier to just have someone else out there saying if you do this this is going to happen but um, when you get to the next level, and I believe those of you who are on this call are wanting to take it to the next level and have the capacity to take it to the next level. And when you take it to the next level, you're developing that relationship and it is hugely rewarding. And because you're proving to your body that you're for it and you're not against it. And when that happens, it will work for you and not against you. And some of the chronic challenges that, that we face um, I found that they kind of magically disappear because your body uh, starts to trust you, just like you're learning how to trust it. And um, it is that developing of a relationship. So that's just kind of like the the introduction there. And um, and I just I want to give you a little bit of the behind the scenes of of what intuitive eating is and and how it can help you. So when I'm talking about intuitive eating, I'm practically talking about three main things. Um, what types of foods that you're eating, because, you know, of course we know there's no one size fits all diet. Um, you can have, you know, two people that are, you know, like my twin sister and I, we're identical twins, but we even need some different things nutritionally based on our um the fact that you know she's a mom of four kids and she has a kind of a different lifestyle than I do and and um, so we have different nutritional needs and so um, when you are an intuitive eater you you learn what types of foods work for your body and everyone has different variables like what um, uh, whether you're active or not active and what blood type you are what your your history is your health history is what specific um, things are you dealing with right now in your health so there's so many variables but the great news is you don't have to um, to micromanage those variables as when you're learning this intuitive eating this relationship with yourself because you're gonna get some you're gonna get a good feedback system you're gonna get some good insights as you learn how to tune in and listen and again, you just have to trust that there's just all sorts of spiritual support all around us that's helping us um, move in that upward spiral of health. Okay, so I got off on that a little bit. But what types of food is number one. Number two is how often you're eating. So um, we're talking about, you know, do you, do you intermittent fast? Does that work for your system? Do you need to eat every three to four hours to feel really good? Um, and again, that looks different for different people. And you have to kind of experiment and explore how often um, eating needs to happen. Or um, does do, do, is eating actual foods, you know, what you're needing or something more like uh, liquids, like uh, bone broth or green juice or something like that. And then the third thing is how much you're eating. So that's another aspect of the intuitive eating is how much. And again, we're learning how to, how to tune in and listen and and figure out what the, you know, what the blockages are and being able to know when we've had enough and trust that we've had enough and then um, move about our day. So, um, you know, for me, uh, part of the reason I'm, I'm so passionate about this is because, 
you know, I've been in the health world for a long time. My parents were very cutting edge, and so they started working on health around the time that I was born. And so we grew up doing like organic gardening, and we we were just you know learning all sorts of things um, at that that early age. And so that was really awesome. And I I feel like I've watched the trends of um, you know the health trends kind of come and go and. The, the vegan and the keto diet and the paleo diet and the HCG diet, and you kind of name it. I've, I've watched lots of these different trends happen and uh, tried so many of them to, to see, you know, how do, what is this and does it work and, and, and um, just learned quite a bit. Um, but what I found over and over and over and over again is that um, my body really likes to tell me what works and what doesn't work. And when I listen and um, I'm open, I like to say the number one nutrient needed is openness. <laughs> but when I am listening and I'm open, um, I really find that my body just, it, it responds. It works really, really well. Um, but whenever I start to put my trust or my faith in the diet itself, I, I found that my body is like... Um, it uh, it will it will uh, kind of sabotage me and um, I'll I will not feel as good. So things like um, you know when I've d- tried to do like a keto high fat diet, um, even though th- all of the uh, the knowledge and the um, uh, information about it sounded so appealing and so right, and the science behind it was so compelling. When I did it, my body was like, nope. It's that's that's not going to work for you. Not that way. It's not that healthy fat, fats aren't great and all of that, but that type of um, diet is just not going to work for you. I felt really like heavy and lethargic, and and I found out later my blood type doesn't do well on that kind of diet. And so um, you may be noticing things within yourself, like you know, as you as you're listening to me talk here, just be thinking about uh, the ways that you relate to this for yourself, like times that you've tried a diet and you've been like, man, um, there's certain aspects of this that was really good, but when I tried to stick to the diet, it just wasn't working. And then I found out later, here's why. Maybe my body doesn't digest this type of food very well. Um, You know, there could be so many different variables. Okay, so um, I also wanted to include in here um, a few things that it's that's important to let go of in order to eat intuitively, and these are just things that are you know I that I've learned as I've kind of walked on this journey a little bit. But but a few things we have to let go of is number one the trap of all or none thinking. So um, when we go from dieting to intuitive eating, um, we have to let go of black or white thinking, like all or none thinking. And what I mean by that is I'm on a diet or I'm off a diet or I'm doing paleo or I'm not, or I'm doing keto or I'm not, or I'm a vegan or I'm not, right? That's the trap of all or none thinking. Um, and that is something that the conscious mind, that 5% of our mind, really loves. It loves very like black or white kind of thinking because it can feel in control, right? And it can feel like, okay, now I know what I'm going to be doing and I, I know what's going to work for me. And um and, but the problem is your conscious mind may be right on board with that, but the other you know, 80 to 95% of your mind, which is your subconscious mind, is, may not go for it at all. And remember, your subconscious mind is large and in charge of the involuntary systems of your body. And so your conscious mind may be on board, but your subconscious mind and body may be like, nope, it's not going to work, and here's why. And so what we have to let go of when we are um, wanting to develop this relationship with our body is that trap of all or none thinking. I'm on a diet, I'm off a diet. Um, I'm doing this or I'm not doing this. If just, just kind of be more open, expand your awareness to include maybe there are elements of the keto diet that would work for me. Or maybe there are elements of a plant-based or vegetarian diet that will work for me. Maybe there's elements of a keto or a, I'm trying to remember what I said. But anyway, there are elements of different diets that will work. And um, the other thing we have to let go of is projection, meaning there there is no way we can know what the, the day or even 
the, you know, the next meal or the next day will look like. And intuitive eating forces us to come back to the present moment. And it forces us to, um, to just be present with our bodies and ourselves and take it a moment at a time. And um, because you don't know what your body's going to need, you know, at six o'clock tonight, right? Um, and this is not to say that you can't prepare because preparation is a huge piece of this. Um, what we can't do, though, is we can't be um, micromanagey or controlly. We have to be, we have to be open to what the body might be calling for. And I'll give you some more practical tools on that because um, we definitely don't uh, don't want it be we don't want intuitive eating to be too much flow and not enough structure. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But we need to let go of that trap of all or none thinking and um, projection, like. Okay, how is this going to look tomorrow? What am I going to do, you know, um, in a week from now? Um, so anyway, we'll talk more about that. Okay, everyone take a deep breath in. So just a lot of content. And um, before I move on, any questions so far? So you can um, go to the chat box. You can um, press star 2 to raise your hand, and I will take you off mute. You can ask your question. And if not, um, okay, let's move on to the top three blockages to intuitive eating, okay? And so there's probably a few more, but I, I would say from my personal experience, these are the top three that if you can work through these, you will be an amazing intuitive eater. All right, so number one is eating when your body isn't calling for food. And, um, you know, so many of us are trained to eat by um, by an external clock, you know, it's noon. And so it's, it's a food time. And if your body's not calling for food, then, then eating shouldn't be happening because the conditions aren't right inside your body for it to be able to receive food. It may be digesting food from an earlier meal. It may be trying to build your immune system. Um, because here's the thing, digestion takes precedence over everything else. So if your body's not calling for food and you put food in there, it has to stop all the other wonderful healing processes that it's doing and put all of that energy towards digesting food because it takes a great deal of energy to digest food. And so um, especially if it's a really heavy meal, this is why sometimes we can feel lethargic after having a really heavy like Thanksgiving meal because the body's having to put so much energy towards digesting that food. So the takeaway here is um, if your body's not calling for food, don't put something in there. Wait until you have that real sense of hunger before you put in that it put in some food. And so we're gonna we're gonna do some some tapping over this. Um, and I, I'll I'll share the other two and then we'll do some tapping. Um, but we gotta make sure that your your um, body is calling for food. And if it's not, then we need to clear that that block um, that is is um, forcing you to eat according to an external schedule versus when your body's calling for food. Okay, number two, and I mentioned this earlier, but number two uh, is cleaning your plate. So um, again, we, so much so many of us are programmed to clean our plate, whether we are, you know, full halfway through the plate, um, the idea of just, you know, throwing away food or saving it for later, you know, for many people is a really big blockage. And it was for me, you know, whenever I started doing this work and the idea of eating until my body said I'm done, whether there was food on the plate or not, was a real big blockage and some sometimes still is and I have to tap through it. Um, so that's number two. Number three and I'm going to stay on number three for a little bit longer, and then we'll uh, then we'll do some tapping. But number three, and this is a big one, is eating confusing foods. And what I mean confu by confusing foods, um, if you've done my work and you've you've um, you know been involved in uh, retreats or anything, you'll know what I mean by confusing foods. But these are foods that are processed, they're toxic, they confuse our system, and so it's very difficult to be an intuitive eater if you're eating these confusing foods. So I'm just going to go through them pretty briefly, and if you have more qu questions, you can feel free to ask. But my in my mind, the top five confusing foods are processed sugar. And uh, in that that the reason for that is um, processed sugar, you know, even high 
uh, high fructose corn syrup and anything that is a processed sugar, what it does is it um, it sends a signal to the brain um, that makes it very highly addictive. It, it's a dopamine signal. And so it gives the brain this, this sense of, I need more of that. And so part of you is saying, eat more, eat more of that sugar because um, there's that signal being sent to the brain that's giving that rush. And it's a very addictive um, pleasure center of the brain. And, and processed sugar will, um, will, will keep you coming back for more, even when your body is not really needing that because it's, um, you know, obviously processed sugar is not something the body needs. It's, uh, it's so highly processed. Um, it, it just is addictive. And, uh, and then number two is pasteurized dairy. So um, pasteurized dairy is, you know, when the milk is pasteurized, all of those delicate milk proteins are, are, um, are taken out of it. They're, they're essentially, you know, burnt out of it, heated out of it. And so um, the body doesn't know what to do with it. And it kind of creates this glueiness in, in the system. And that glue kind of guns up your system. It's like, think of it like you're supposed to have a very well-oiled machine and then you pour glue down that machine. That's what pasteurized dairy does to your system. Uh, number three are glutinous grains. So um, grains have a very similar effect in the body as processed sugar, um, because what happens is they turn to sugar in the body and then they send that same dopamine rush. So if you've been sitting at a um, at a restaurant and they bring bread out as the appetizer, and you've noticed that you have trouble, like you know, saying no to it, and you tend to want to, um, you know, just keep on eating it, it's not because you don't have enough willpower. It's because that that those glutinous grains that that bread is it's it's sending the um, it's turning to sugar in your body, and it then it's sending that signal to your brain saying eat more, eat more, eat more. Okay. So it's not, it's not a willpower issue. <laughs> it's a processing toxin issue that is making your body um, confused. Okay, number four is hydrogenated oils. So um, these are like canola oil, vegetable oil, um, all of the oils that are not avocado oil or coconut oil, those really good ones. So all other oils um, have been processed to the point that they damage uh, the cell, the lipid layer on the cells of your body, and so it keeps the body from being able to communicate well, and it keeps the the cells in the body from being able to release toxins and receive nutrients. Um, of course, there's so much more I could say about each of these, but I'm just giving you an overview as just a quick reminder. the The fifth one on the confusing foods are conventional meats, and what I mean by this is. Um, Meat in and of itself can be a healing food for some, some people, depending on the blood type, depending on how it works for you. But if you're, if you're doing conventional meats, then not only are you getting the meat, but you are getting the hormones that have been injected into the meat. And then those hormones are going into your body and it's confusing the hormones in your body, right? And you're getting the, um, the additives and the antibiotics that are given to the, the animals. And so all of that is going into your body and it's, it's confusing the signals. And so, um, you know, there's some health experts out there that say conventional meats are just a really big issue. Um, and uh, I, I tend to agree because of the amount of hormones and additives that are being injected into those meats. And so you're getting some of that in your system and it's just, it's just messing up the signal. All right, so top five again, processed sugar, pasteurized dairy, gluten grains, hydrogenated oils, and conventional meats. Those would be my top five. And so what happens when you avoid those or you trade them for a much healthier option, what it does when you're trying to be an intuitive eater is you don't have to worry about the signals that you're getting. You're getting a much cleaner signal when you let go of confusing foods. It's much easier to know when you're satisfied um, and your body is getting what it needs, when you're nourished. Um, it's much easier to um, to know when you truly want more and when um, you don't have to worry about like, oh, is this sugar creating this uh, dopamine hit that's making me want more sugar? All right, so those are the top three blockages. Um, I'll go through them one more time. Number one is eating when your body isn't calling for food. And number two is cleaning your plate. And number three is eating confusing foods. 
So what we're going to do now is we are going to do a little tapping over one of these blockages. So uh, what I like to do is make sure that that you're getting the specific tapping that you need. Um, and so what I want you to do is just think through these three and pick one of these blockages that you think is probably the biggest one. So for example, if cleaning your plate is, um, is something that you just feel like, man, I just, I clean my plate every single time and I can't stop. I just, I just always do that. And that's the one you want to tap on. Um, and you can always come back and, and to this audio over the, the replay that's going to be available for the next week and, and do um, some of these other ones. But identify your top blockage. So that could be, um, you know, eating when your body isn't calling for food. It could be identifying a confusing food right now that you're having trouble letting go of. And um, so let's say that, that you're really having trouble giving up sugar. Um, and you could be as general as that, or you could be a little bit more specific. Um, you're having trouble giving up um, a certain dessert, like a chocolate chip cookies or something that you have every night, or ice cream that you have every night. Or um, So identify that, take a moment, And um, what we're going to do is we're going to use the, the same tapping exercise that I used last week in our Heal Your Relationship with Food audio. So you might recognize it if you were here last week. And so you can use this exact same one because it works really well for any of these blockages. And um, we're just going to go through it. So. Um, what I want you to do is start tapping on your karate chop point once you've decided on what specific blockage you're going to work on. Take a deep breath in. And as you exhale out, imagine that whatever food it is that is sitting in front of you um, that you're trying to work with. So let's say you're, you're thinking, okay, I'm not going to clean my plate or you're thinking, um, I'm not going to eat if I'm not hungry, or you have a specific food sitting in front of you, you can use this exercise with any of those. Imagine that you just push the food away from you. You just don't engage in that old behavior. And I want you to imagine this as viscerally and vividly as you possibly can. So really close your eyes and imagine as if in this moment, you are not going to clean your plate or you are you're not going to eat if you're not hungry or you're going to say no to that food that you know is a confusing food and as soon as you push that food away you usually will feel a, a bad or uncomfortable feeling sometimes it's a sense of resistance like I don't want to do this right now or I don't want to let go of this old pattern, even though I know it's hurting me. Or sometimes we just feel like sadness, like letting go of this food is hard. So what we want to do is identify the emotion, whatever that feeling is after you push that food away and do the setup statement three times. So you can do this out loud or in your mind and you just repeat after me, even though I feel and fill in the blank with that feeling that you're feeling right now. I love and accept myself. Let's do it twice more. Even though I feel sad or resistant or frustrated, whatever it is, I love and accept myself. One more time. Even though I feel I love and accept myself. Good. So let's begin tapping through the points. So start on the eyebrow point. And the point uh, and, and the purpose here is to just feel the, the emotion in your body. Go to side of the eye. And stay tuned into that feeling in your body when you push that food away or you decided to to not um, engage in that old behavior. 
go to under the eye. You want to notice that feeling and stay tuned into it. Go to under the nose. Go to chin crease. This is where we see the biggest results is when you let yourself feel the resistance or the sadness. Go to collarbone point. Go to the top of the head and stay really tuned into the idea of not engaging in this old habit or pattern. Go to eyebrow point and notice how it feels in your body. You want to really allow that bad or uncomfortable or sad feeling. Really come to the surface where you can feel it. Go to side of the eye. Go to under the eye and just really stay with it. Go to under the nose, chin crease, tapping on the collarbone point. Stay tuned into that emotion. Go to top of the head and keep going, eyebrow point. Keep noticing that old pattern that you're going to stop, you're going to rest the old pattern and notice how it feels to let it go. Go to the side of the eye. Under the eye, under the nose, chin crease, get, get a collarbone point, keep tuning into it, go to top of the head, and then just begin to take some deep breaths into that feeling. So go to eyebrow point and just breathe into that uncomfortable feeling. Really slow. Go to the side of the eye. And slowly exhale. And just in your own time, go to under the eye. Just slowly breathe into. So as you're, as you're tapping and you're breathing, you're allowing your nervous system to get the idea that it's safe to release this old emotion that's in your system, to let it go. It's safe to calm down, go to under the nose. The chin crease. Keep breathing into it. Real slow, deep breaths. Collarbone point. Good, and top of the head. Good. Let's go to karate chop point and take another full breath in and then exhale it out through your mouth. It's just like, just like letting it go. Beautiful. Okay, so we're going to do a little visualization. So in your mind's eye, imagine that if you have food in front of you that you're trying to let go. Um, if, if you're not doing that, then... Um, then you can still do this with us, but um, um, but it's best if you had kind of a food in front of you that that uh, you're trying to let go of. Um, so in your mind's eye, you want to just see that that food that you're wanting to to let go, but it it still feels like it's um, kind of drawing you. And what I usually like to imagine is that that food has like a glow around it that represents what you're trying to get from the food, like a sense of comfort or love or connection. And so what we want to envision doing is drawing all of that glow, that those good feelings out of the food and bringing those good feelings into our heart center so that we can feel the goodness, the, the joy, the, the excitement, the love, the connection, the gratitude, all of that. It's out of it. We're taking it out of the food and putting it in our hearts. So keep tapping on the karate chop point. And um, if, you, if, if you weren't working with food specifically, if you're working with something else, you can just envision the glow in your heart. You can just see the glow of light. Like I, I like to imagine a golden light that represents love and joy and peace and good feelings. Any sort of good feeling that we would maybe get from food, we'd really draw it out of the food and we really put it in our hearts and, um, and get, we get to feel it in our hearts. So envision in your mind's eye 
either drawing that light out of the food, like it's being sucked out of the food and you're drawing it into your heart and it's glowing in your heart, or you just see that glow in your heart. So just take a few moments to see that, to envision that lightness, that glowiness being sucked out of the food and into your heart. And then start tapping through the points at your own pace. So just really allowing the, the glow to be in your heart. And envision that that glow becomes stronger and brighter the more you tune into it. So this glow represents peace and relaxation and joy and love. So you really have taken the power out of the food and you have returned it to yourself and to your connection to God, to the spirit within you. And that's where it needs to be. That's its proper place. Good, take one more deep breath in. And you can stop tapping, but in your mind's eye, imagine that you look back at the food, if you were tapping on food. Imagine that you look back at the food and you see it as just kind of a lump with, with no, no light in it, no excitement, no fun. It's just food. It's just a lump. Okay? So again, what we're doing is we're taking the power, the, the joy, the fun, all of that out of the food and putting it towards you, towards your heart center where it belongs. Okay. So let's see here. Um, what you can do here if you feel like there's still some emotional charge around um, this particular blockage, um, you can repeat the process. And, and pretty much... By the second or third time, if you repeat this same process, you're going to be free from whatever that is because um, once if you repeat that same process, um, you're going to have cleared through it. So um, you can always go back and listen to this audio and do that process a couple times until you feel clear on the inside because it, you need to get it to where on a scale from 0 to 10, um, you, you're at a 0 with your desire to either... Um, you know, clean your plate or eat when you're not hungry or eat a certain type of food that isn't good for you. You need to get that desire down to a zero so that you're just, you're free. And that's how you know that you're free is when you don't have that emotional charge or that draw. Okay. Let me just check and see if you guys have any questions. Um, this is a, a great, a great space to, to share and connect. So if you have any questions, you can press star two to raise your hand. Again, you can also um, ask a question in the chat box. That's a really great um, way to, to get extra help. Okay, I'm gonna keep going, but if y'all have questions, you feel free, to, feel free to ask. All right, so that is the, the EFT tapping that's very powerful to help you actually clear the blockage, um, whatever it is. So those are the top three blockages, how to clear them. Now we're gonna move on to um, the top five secrets to intuitive eating. And I'm going to um, go through these pretty quickly, but if you if you want more, you know, feel free to email me, leave a comment, um, ask it, you know, on the call, and I'll hang out here on the call as long as y'all need. because um, I want to make sure you have a very full working knowledge of this before you finish the call. Um, okay. So number one, the the number one secret I, I think um, is so important for, not only not only being able to move through whatever blockage you have to intuitive eating, but um, for self-understanding. Here it is. Before reaching for food, ask yourself, what is my hunger? 
And so remember, we have lots of different types of hunger. We have emotional hunger. We have mental hunger. We have dehydration hunger. We have sleep hunger. And then we have hunger um, that is just a need for nourishment. There's truly a need for food. But notice the need for food is, is, is one out of five of these hungers, right? So remember, your system is very, very intelligent. And, and God is working on your behalf to give you insight and intuition when you're open. So before you reach for food, if you ask yourself, what is my hunger? Is it emotional hunger? Is it head hunger, like mind hunger, you know? Just an, a fun idea, but it's not really hunger, you know? Um, is it dehydration hunger? Am I really needing water here? Is it sleep hunger? I'm not getting enough sleep or deep enough sleep. Um, or is it truly a need for nourishment? Ask yourself that question. And then if it's, if it's any of the other ones, you'll know, okay, excuse me, what I don't need, I don't need food right now. Maybe I need to um, go do some tapping or do some meditation or maybe I need to um, go drink some water or maybe I need to go take a power nap. Um, you're going to get some insight uh, about what it is that you need, but it's super important to ask, what is my hunger? Okay, so that's number one. Number two goes right along with it. Always hydrate your hunger first. So when you notice that your body is truly calling for something, if you will drink about eight ounces of water, you'll make sure that that dehydration is not masking itself, you know, um, or that hunger is not masking itself as a as dehydration, because uh, sometimes um, we're really, you know, we we think we're hungry, but we're truly just thirsty, and that happens a lot, especially in this culture, where I believe, like, I think the stats recently were with eighty percent of Americans were chronically dehydrated, and um, so so we've got to make sure that you are you're actually hydrated, and I just want to say um, on a nutritional level. Of course, with any nutritional advice that I hand out, I definitely want you to know that you need to, you know, um, check with your your health practitioner. But um, I will say that you know, um, make sure that you're getting the electrolytes in your water. So there's these um, trace mineral drops that you can get. I'm trying to remember what the brand is, and I can link it to you. But many people are drinking lots of water, but they're not getting the, the trace minerals that allow the water to actually be absorbed into the system. So you want to make sure that you're actually absorbing the water that you're drinking. And trace minerals and electrolytes will really help you do that. So um, I'm sure some of you on this call know exactly what I'm talking about, but I will, I'll link that in uh, the the email um, that I send out to y'all with the replay. Okay, so hydrate your hunger. That's number two. Number three is a very obvious one, but super important. Eat congruent foods. So congruent foods are the opposite of confusing foods. Congruent foods are foods that are First of all, alive, they they have to be refrigerated because they have all sorts of life force energy in them. They're alive, they are whole foods, they haven't been processed and messed with, they're organic, um, maybe raw, um, they're at least um, they're at least whole, even if they're not raw. And these are these are foods that are very water containing, and the water containing foods are so important because um, they they're not they haven't been so processed and um, and dehydrated. And and remember, your body is seventy percent water, so you need foods that are high water containing for them to be very congruent for you. So. What I like to think of personally, I'll just give you a little insight into what I do, but um, I like to eat for lightness. And what I like to think of is um, what foods are going to make me feel light? Um, Because um, on so many levels, lightness is such a huge key. It's what we really want when we want weight loss, when we want, um, you know, uh, energy. We want the lightness, right? And um, water-containing foods will help you feel light. Um, And remember, you're you know, on an energetic level, your body is made up of light and energy. And the lighter you feel, the better you feel, the more the system is working properly. Everything is moving and connecting. So my number one thing that I say to myself is, what what is going to help me feel the most light? Because lightness equals life and, and density equals death. It's like anything that's too hard and dense and processed and all the life's been taken out of it, it is going to take you in that downward spiral of health. So number three, eating congruent foods, live, whole, 
you know, unprocessed as much as possible. Um, water containing that make you feel light. So, 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 so important. And that's not to say that you shouldn't also be eating for satisfaction because sometimes we need foods that ground us, that make us feel very satisfied and nourished. Those are super important. But you can get so much good grounding foods like sweet potatoes and, you know, purple potatoes, winter squashes, um, some of the healthy fats like avocado or, you know, eggs or salmon. Or These are grounding foods, and, but they're still, notice that they're still water containing. They're still whole foods. They're still very congruent foods. All right. So then... Um, What's the next thing? Oh, at number three plays right into number four. Notice how you feel after you eat. So anywhere from about 30 minutes to a few hours after you, after you eat is going to give you an indication of how the food that you ate, um, how it works in your system, how, it, how, it's, uh, how it's gelling inside your body. Um, so um, you n- notice 30 minutes to a few hours, do you feel light and energized? Do you feel like that food moved through your system well, like it digested well? Uh, Do you have good energy? Do you have good mental clarity? Um, Essentially, did that food give you an upward spiral feeling, like you're feeling light and buoyant? Or did it give you a downward spiral, like you feel heavy, you feel lethargic, you feel, you know, tired and your your mind feels um, like uh, foggy, um, so just know, you know, your body's going to talk to you. And uh, when you listen, um, it, it's uh, it's going to give you the insight that you need. And so notice how you feel after you eat. That's number four. So is it that light upward spiral feeling or is it that heavy downward spiral feeling? Okay, number five. And this one's the most important on a, um, a mind-body connection level. Number five is tune into your vision for your healthiest self. What I mean by this is the more that we we continue to give the subconscious mind our image or our intention for the the truest, healthiest self, um, the more that there's this feedback system. So the more that you give your body the picture, the intention of what you're wanting to create, the more the body starts to be like, oh, that's what she's trying to create. Okay, I'm going to start to give her signals of what will support her in creating that. So um, uh, for those of you who this this concept is new, um, let me just say that the first person that I heard talk about this was John Gabriel, who um, he has an amazing story. He used to be over 400 pounds and he used um, just meditation, visualization, and just learning how to to support his body through nutrition to lose all of that weight without dieting. And, and one of the big things he talks about is visualizing or, um, or setting a really strong intention for a healthy self. Because if we have a vision in our head of a, of a heavy, sluggish self, then our body is going to respond to that and our subconscious mind is going to be giving us that kind of feedback system like it's going to be like well if you're you know if you're if that's what you're wanting then that's what I'm going to keep giving you um, but if we have an, a, a vision an intention um, if you're doing a tapping meditation or a visualization for your healthiest self then your body is going to start working for you it's going to start being saying oh that's the image you want okay so I'm going to give you um, I'm going to give you insights or I'm going to give you body signals based on that image and and that um, that intention that you have. And it's pretty incredible how it works, you know. Um, every time I have done this more intentionally, I've noticed like, wow, I'm, I'm not, I'm ha- like I'm craving different things or I'm hungry for for really like high quality foods in, in ways that I, I wasn't, you know, before I started. Um, tuning into that vision for my healthiest self. So you'll be getting that feedback from your body. You'll be getting the signals based on that new image. And again, on a practical level, you can do this through um, visualizations. Um, John Gabriel has some really good ones. I think the the core meditation that, that I do has a section for visualizing your healthiest self there at the end. There's lots of different ways to do it. And if you want some more specifics, um, reach out to me and I'll make sure that you get that. Okay, um, we are wrapping up here, but I want to take a moment to the next couple of minutes um, 
to get some, um, I want you to, to take a moment to reflect on what would be the top, you know, three to five insights or aha moments that you gained from this call. And you can mentally uh, jot them down or you can write them down. What are the, just the top three, three to five insights. And if you have any you want to share, um, you can uh, type that um, into the chat box or you can press star two. I'm going to check the chat box here. Okay. Um, someone's asking, when is the best time to tap if, let's say, the food is a dinner food? In the morning when you know what's coming up or, you know, in the evening or like just before. So that's a great question. Um, I would say tap whenever you, when you can. Uh, if you do it, uh, you know, first thing in the morning, that's great. The main thing is you want to, you want to do the tapping when you think you're going to be able to feel it the most acutely because that is, um, that, that's whenever you're going to be able to clear the most blockage. If you have time to tap right before dinner, um, that's probably ideal because uh, it's it's kind of staring you in the face and um, and as much as you can catch the tapping red-handed, um, the the more beneficial and successful it will be. Um, but you can do it in the morning, and I've done that before, and it has been successful as well. So there's no right answer to this. Just tap when you can actually you know get it in. But I would say if you can do it right before, that's great. You know, like if you if you prep the dinner and then you have a few minutes before you um, before you eat, then you're going to be very attuned to it. That's a great question. All right, um, and uh, if if you have any other questions on that, please p- please feel free to type it in the chat box. Let me just see if there's any other questions while y'all are writing down your your insights or mentally noting. Okay, so remember, um, insight without action is um, is kind of worthless. So we might have lots of insights, and that's wonderful, and it's the place to begin. But action is where we we put our um, all those insights. Um, we ground them. We put them into the world. So, what are a few actions that you can put into effect now? So just brew on those. What are a few actions? that you can put into effect now. And don't overwhelm yourself, just think of a few that that are realistic, like, um, you know, tapping before dinner time, um, setting your, you know, your alarm to be like, okay, so I'm gonna tap before this meal so that I can um, make sure that I'm eating when I'm, you know, hungry or I'm not um, cleaning my plate and then um, maybe even uh, trading some confusing foods for some congruent foods. And just whatever it is that, that you're, you're writing down or you're mentally noting, um, think, think in terms of insight and then action. And only, only tune into as many insights as you can actually put action towards. Um, and you'll you'll make very fast progress that way. So you'll be putting that insight into action. All right, everyone. Um, thank you so much for your courage to dive into this topic and for being live on the call. I think that's a really powerful thing. Uh, just to show up live is is huge. And um, I'm just sending so much love to you all. And I I pray that. Uh, whatever breakthroughs that you needed today or that you have in the future that that you will just receive all the grace for that and um, be on the lookout for next week's live call Um, I am playing around with the timing so um, I'm just playing around with whether you know this time works or other times work so if you have a particular time that that really works for you feel free to let me know about that because i'm i'm working on um, getting a consistent time so that if you're interested in continuing these calls you have the chance to hop on every week and and get that extra support and um in closing if this call helped you in some particular way i would really love to know about it i just love feedback it helps me tons in creating future material, and so if you um, if you reply to 
the email I send that has the replay or if you type something into the chat box. It just helps me um, know how it helped you, um, any feedback you have for the future. So sending so much love to you all and um, bye for now. Bye.